Hell yeah, that's my vibe All I needed was a seat at the table Shut the front door, sit your ass down This is me when I'm feeling my feelings Hello, sweet babies, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the In My Feelings podcast. I'm so grateful for y'all for dialing in with me today. (laughs) My name is Alyssa Buttons, and honestly, I'm nobody really that special. Just another broken weirdo trying to navigate this silly little world with a little hope and joy. (laughs) I wanted to make this show kind of as a love letter and maybe a call home for anyone else who feels a little broken and a little weird in hopes that maybe we can start healing and start helping and start growing a community. Many of you tuning into this first show may be following me on TikTok, and that's how you got here. (laughs) So like so many people, I started making TikToks during the pandemic to combat feelings of loneliness and isolation. I've always been a super social butterfly and having other people to bounce ideas off of, to like be creative with and to share meals with, that has been pretty much one of my driving forces as a human being. And when that was all gone um, and we could barely even, you know, see our family members without risk of getting sick, uh, I turned to the internet like so many people do. <laughs> and because I'm a loudmouth who doesn't understand emotional boundaries, apparently, um, I just started to share and share and share. Probably overshare a little bit, but you know what? It's okay. I think oversharing is kind of beautiful. I shared a lot about my mental health and my struggles with existing as a person on this planet. Uh, I've suffered my, pretty much my entire life from depression, um, lots of suicidal ideation, mania, and pretty much just feeling like I don't really belong. And one of the things I started sharing was how to cope with all those things. Uh, Through my life, I have gathered what I call my emotional toolbox, just a list of things that I do or I can access to kind of change my mental state. And one of those tools that I've used and I still continue to use is um, microdosing psilocybin. So sharing that online, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal, but um, a lot of people were like, I've always wanted to try that. I don't know how to do it, blah, blah, blah. And while I can't actually provide anything for anyone, I was able to share how to cultivate mushrooms in your garage or your closet. And that really, really took off. (laughs) So... I taught people in a little series on how to grow mushrooms in a tub, and a lot of people tuned in to watch that. But, you know, after that was done, I just kept sharing. And what I found was a community of people who were relating to what I had to say. And 
the more I shared uh, about the trauma, about drug use, about my mental health, the more I shared, the more people feel like they could be honest too. Uh, It filled my heart with so much joy knowing that people felt less alone from what I had to say. I had people, I have people all the time reaching out to me and said, thank you, like I've never been able to put a voice to that, or thank you, I've never heard someone be so honest about something that is so painful. It made people feel less alone. And for me, it has done this amazing thing. Sharing my story, sharing all the trauma, sharing all the shortcomings, wins and losses, uh, well, that lightened the load that I was carrying. Um, It didn't feel so heavy and so dense anymore because I knew that other people could carry it with me. I knew that other people could (laughs) say, it's okay, you don't have to do it by yourself. And that has just cleared up so much space in my life to be more present Um, more creative, more grounded, because that constant weight of feeling alone in my hurt was no longer as heavy. So, here we are. (laughs) I know that a lot of people have started listening to this show because of TikTok, but, you know, many of you probably haven't. For those of you who haven't been watching my weird little life on their phones, I guess I should probably share some stuff about myself so you know where I'm coming from. I promise to try to make this kind of fun, and I hope it won't be very traumatizing, but honestly, getting to know someone truly is always a little bit traumatizing. But just to be safe, I have to put a little bit of a content warning because... My life has not always been kind or easy or soft, but honestly, I don't know anyone who has had it that good. When I was a little girl, my family moved in to my grandmother's house when I was about five years old. My grandmother and another family member lived there, Um, and uh, we lived with my grandmother because my parents didn't want us to live in an apartment. Um... Because there was some kind of stigma that apartment was for poor people and we weren't going to act like poor people. So right away in my life, (laughs) there was a lot of weird feelings about money and shame and secrecy around money. Um, My family had a lot of secrets and shame. Um, In my home, my grandmother was an alcoholic. My uncle, who we lived with, a drug addict. And because of that dynamic, there was a lot of turmoil and hard, hard nights. Um, My uncle ended up being my abuser for six years, and that was all done in secret. Um, You know, a lot of guilt and shame comes from being told that you can't tell people that you're being hurt. A lot of confusing feelings for a young girl. And uh, it was really hard. When I finally told my parents about it, he was already out of the house. And their solution was to try to get me into some therapy. But at that point, I was so overwhelmed 
by the weight of what had happened to me, like I was going to age out of this childhood denial (laughs) and I blossomed into an extremely rebellious, extremely chaotic, very weird teenager, (laughs) like many people who experience that abuse. Uh, That's the path we go, you know? A lot of creative, beautiful, bouncy, wonderful people started out with a lot of shame and ugliness in their childhood because as I've grown up, I've just learned that everything is a trauma response. <laughs> everything. my pers- Your personality, my personality, the way that we eat dinner, the way that we get ready for bed at night, that's all a trauma response. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, anyway, getting off track. <laughs> so as a weird kid... You know, I started drinking too early, started smoking weed too early, lost my virginity too early, um, and I barely was interested in school, like barely. So uh, for the first two years of high school, like, I, I, I didn't really do much work. I just was partying and hanging out and skipping school, and no one really had anything to say about that, so I just chose to do it. Um one of the things about being a weird kid and kind of a pseudo punk rocker art punk in that time and also being poor is that I had to learn how to create my own style, my own signature aesthetic. And it had to not cost a lot of money because I was the one that was going to have to pay for it. (laughs) So I started making a lot of my own clothes, started making costumes. And that was my first emotional tool. Self-expression. Learning how to commit myself to an outfit or a look. Like, this is before I even knew really what drag was, but it was drag. I was putting on this persona, this protective layer of weird aesthetic to protect myself against the world, to create a different feeling for me. And that was my first tool. It empowered me. And I still access that tool today I'm a crazy dresser and uh, have a very wild sense of personal style (laughs) but drinking and smoking and not going to school was not exactly great for me as a human being and luckily at around 15 years old I met my first serious boyfriend and he was a punk rocker too skater kid but he was also a straight edge so Because I fell so deep for him so hard, I just gave everything else away. I just was like, nope, if he wants to be with me, then I don't need any of that. And that was a huge, huge savior for me at the time because it really could have uh, gone down the toilet chute real fast. (laughs) Uh, But when he graduated high school, he was a year older than me. I was pretty much done, even though I was a year younger. And I ended up getting my GED. And we moved out into a place of our own, and he ended up, you know, we ended up being real hippie together, and um, it was great. We had, we did festivals, and a lot of playing, and lots of travel, you know, we'd go down to NorCal, and trim, and all these things. It was great. It was awesome. Um, But right before a big bus trip that we were going to take with a friend who had a school bus, I found out I was pregnant, and that changed everything. I no longer could have that wild, crazy life, I thought, and um, 
after my first son was born, I was 22 years old, had a, right after he was born, my his father was like, hey, why don't we move into a school bus? So at six months, my child was six months old, and we moved into a 36-foot school bu- bluebird school bus and started traveling the country. I made clothes and sold art, and it was a really beautiful experience. It's also had a lot of lows and a lot of scary moments. But again, I got another tool, another emotional tool for my toolbox. I learned that I was capable of taking care of myself and my family solely based on my own gumption and my own work. And so I learned that I can be resilient against these things. I don't have to feel like I have to be suffering in poverty even though I was in poverty. I don't have to suffer in poverty. I can thrive in poverty. It's okay for me to like live with the bare necessities and be happy. So after several years of living that way, uh, we ended up moving to Eugene, Oregon. Um, and at that point, we had been together for 10, 10 plus years. And falling in love at such a young age, um, we never really got to grow up. And having been together for so long and not really having the adult relationship skills that we should have had at that age, it just wasn't meant to be. So we ended up uh, splitting up, and I was then fast-tracked into uh, the world of being a single parent. You know, um, we we do share our child still to this day. Uh, 50-50, and so for half a week, like, I was I was alone with a child for the very first time. The other half of the week, I was just alone. <laughs> I had never been alone before. Um, I had always had someone sleeping next to me by my side on these adventures, and all of a sudden, it was just me. And having that life change was incredibly painful, incredibly scary but I did it I made it through and there comes another giant emotional tool (laughs) I knew that I can survive by myself I knew that I could be autonomously successful and I had never felt that before and that really empowered me you know I had to go through a big metamorphosis during that time and and in three short years I went from feeling really like a teenager to an adult um, between the ages of like 26 and 28 and then I ended up meeting my now husband Kyle is one of the greatest kindest most hilarious people I've ever met and I was lucky enough for him to fall in love with me, just the way he fell in love with me. We ended up being uh, growing medical cannabis for a couple of years out in the country. And when we were out there, we did end up getting pregnant with our child Finnegan. And it was a really good life, living out in the country, raising babies, grazing, raising plants. It was good. It was really good. But then let's fast forward a little bit to 2020 when the entire country shut down 
And that's when I started reaching out for a deeper community and for a deeper sense of belonging. And that's why I started making TikToks. And now here we are. We're here. The first show of In My Feelings with Miss Buttons. And I'm just so thankful. (laughs) But all origin stories often start from a low point. About a month and a half ago, I was fired from a job that I really loved, that I really feel successful in, um, something that I took a lot of pride in. I have a hard time with the J-O-Bs, you know, have a hard time with jobs because, like I said before, a little bit of a weirdo, um, hard to assimilate into a corporate structured world. (sighs) I know a lot of you feel that way. I certainly do, but I definitely felt like I had a place at this job, and when I was let go for kind of a silly reason, um, it shook me, y'all. It really, really shook me. I I felt like I had a, a sense of community and had some pull at this place, and all of a sudden it was gone, and I really, for the first two weeks, I, I really spiraled, and I could feel those little tendrils of depression that I had fought so hard to keep at bay starting to kind of leach into my psyche. And I just decided that I was no longer going to be reactive. I was only going to be proactive. I was only going to take the steps forward and not look back. Not look back with disdain or frustration or hatred or confusion. What's happened has happened. I can't change anything about that. And I looked at this time as an opportunity for growth and exactly what it was. It was time. Time that I never had before to focus on the things that made me feel more of who I am, made me feel more connected to myself, more connected to my art, more connected to other people. And with all that freedom of time, it has cleared up this path to talking more about all these problems and all these things that we're all dealing with right now. So we're going to talk about all the weird little smelly bits of our lives, things that free us, the things that connect us, and eventually to the things that will heal us, while also sharing tools and resources on how to exist in this capitalistic dystopian nightmare that we call life. We How do we feed our families, you know, when prices of everything have literally tripled or doubled? How do we keep going to our silly little jobs when we can barely afford the gas to get there? Well, as someone who is old poor, I have a lot of resources to share for y'all who are new poor. So we are going to bridge that gap and offer some tools and solutions and offer some pathways to make it easier for all of us. So that's the basis of this podcast. Healing, community, and sharing. And I want to hear what's on your mind. I want to know how you're feeling. How are we all faring in this new world? Carved out by pandemic, government unrest, environmental changes, and so much social discourse over mental health. All the things I just listed are often used to divide us. 
but they don't have to. We can come together and use those things as a common thread to pull together a community of people who want the world to be a better place. And I truly believe that. You don't have to do this alone. <laughs> this life thing, you don't have to do it alone. It takes a little bravery to reach out to people around you and ask for that help and ask for a hand up. You know the phrase that takes a village? That phrase is not just about child rearing. It's about existing. <laughs> it takes a village for people to see who you are and lift you back up and when you fall down and people who don't turn their heads when you're in need. That's where we're going to create a community of lis listeners, of healers, of psychedelic space wizards who can't wait to make magic with other people. I know that firsthand the impact that can happen when you share your story. And I also know how scary it is to be vulnerable. But as I always tell my husband in regards to loving me personally, high risk, high reward. Sometimes we have to take down our house to the studs to repair it, and exposing those bare bones of our haunted little soul homes is often the only way to get rid of the ghosts. So that's what we're going to do here. Share stories, share our failures and our shortcomings, share our fears about what's to come, and how our memories and past experiences have shaped the people we are now. Each week I'm going to talk to someone whose story is important to share. People who are survivors, healers, addicts, parents, the list goes on. Because we all have a story that needs to be heard. We all need a place to lay out all the pieces of our life, the ugly and the good, the wins and the losses, and in hopes that someone will hear us and validate us and know that they're not alone in their story either. So what's your story? I want to hear about it. Reach out to me and talk. Let's chat. To make sure that we can get in contact with each other, make sure that you're following my Instagram at InMyFeelingsWithMissButtons, all one word, all lowercase. And if you're on the Tiki Taki app, come find me. It's Miss Buttons and the number zero. Miss Buttons zero. Okay, sweet babies. Before I go, I want to just thank my producer, Shan, for um, believing in me and believing in this uh, little show. He was the first person to reach out to me and contact me about doing a podcast. And this wasn't even the original idea, but this is the idea that I felt more passionate about. And he's supporting me full heartedly. And I really, really want to thank him for that. <laughs> so I'll be back here in two weeks with open ears, and open heart. And I just want you to remember, be kind, stay weird. And I love you. Hell yeah, that's my vibe All I needed was a seat at the table Shut the front door, sit your ass down This is me when I'm feeling my feelings Feeling my feelings